TBF Bears. Our next visitor on the phone this morning is uh, someone we've spoken to before. Mick Holton. G'day. How are you, Mick? Uh, not too bad. Yourself? Good, mate. Good. Frenchie good. joins me and Beck and Chance Hanlon this morning. Good morning. Um, hey, good morning, everyone. Mick, well, I hate to talk about Tafra to you yes. because uh, the number of homes that have been destroyed down there it's, uh, it's, it's so upsetting when we consider how close Tafra is to the Shoalhaven. Yeah, absolutely. And we put out a media release uh, this morning. Uh, we'll be prepared at last, wrapped it up last night, got out this morning. We wanted to have uh, some clear statements. We made six uh, key points. Um, and uh, I'm more than happy to answer, answer any questions about that. But a lot of things have <coughs> been in the media as you know, including um, the uh, this issue of uh, turf force has been there as well. We're certainly concerned about that, but we have some pretty strong opinions. I mean, it, this this talk of a turf war, has that, has that got legs, that story, or is it just a beat-up? No, we, we believe there is, uh, there is some credibility uh, in that story. We believe that it's very uh, important to, uh, uh, to deal with it appropriately. And um, in our media uh, statement, uh, media release, we've said that, uh, you know, with reference to those stories, we believe that most of the areas of concern can be linked back to senior management. Mm. Now, we, we, we hear, I mean, there's obviously going to be a bit of a tussle in the field from time to time. That's just a people thing, and that's to be expected. But on the main, most uh, occasions, we feel that um, people behave very responsibly. Yeah. Uh, in the in the field, and, and we congratulate all firefighters for, regardless of what badge they wear on their shoulder, for the way they generally conduct business. Um, what we're concerned about is that we get these, um, you know, overzealous senior positions and high-ranking officials that want to build empires or their own service capability without um, working cooperatively from time to time. We see these pop up. And, uh, and we believe there's a solution. We, we believe that it, it's high time the government appoints an overseeing fire service commissioner that would oversee the other two department heads, the former commissioners, uh, and that those people would have to report to a single person. You, you simply can't run anything with two bosses. It, mm. it, it, there's there's going to be conflict from time to time. Why? And in our mind... <clears throat> why wouldn't you just... If, if, that's, if that's your concern... Why wouldn't you just amalgamate the two organisations? Well, we've made a very careful statement here. Uh, we've said in our uh, media release that the government could play it safe with a staged implementation. Now, it's pretty important. Uh, a lot of volunteers are concerned, and, and you have to respect those concerns, that, um, you know, a single fire service just means that paid staff will become the norm and the volunteers will be pushed aside. Well, mm. I would like to tell volunteers who think that way that that's exactly what's happening under the current system. You only have to have a look at state mitigation support services and I'm not saying bad about those people. There's a lot of great people there. But over time and we all know that this number, there's 74 odd thousand volunteers that's, that's rubbish. We've, we've lost a lot of good volunteers and we need to preserve the volunteers we have, look after those volunteers, build a structure that can protect them and support them. But there are times when we have to look seriously and sensibly at it and say, well, look, you know, this particular area needs maybe a little bit more than a volunteer. Not because of, and I've heard the word professionalism come up, and I'm totally against that. I've seen professionals 
on both sides of the fence. Let's refer to firefighters. If you if you put the wet stuff on the red stuff, you're a firefighter. And it's how you're engaged that makes a difference. Are you engaged as a full-time firefighter, as a part-time firefighter, like currently, like retained staff, or are you engaged as a volunteer? And there comes a point in time when we're expecting too much of volunteers. Mm. I mean, I, I get calls from volunteers who are going to first aid responses because the, the ambulance service uh, is failing to have ambulance sufficient ambulance mm. officers in, a, in country areas. But let's, let, let's, let's cut to the chase of what happened down at Tartha the other day, and it's all very well to be able to make comment in, in retrospect. But if, if uh, the Rural Fire Service on two occasions rejected a, uh, an offer from the Town Fire Service, Fire and Rescue New South Wales, to provide assistance. Twice that was rejected. The third time it was taken up with a request. Now, I understand that you are not going to put a town firefighting vehicle out in a bush area. What would have prevented the stationing of a town fire truck or two or whatever number was available in the township of Tarthra as that fire came through? You've only got to have a look at the at the fire maps, and, and anyone with any sort of uh, common sense could have, when as that was building, could have seen that there was problems afoot. Where you, the conditions were bad, the wind was blowing, and you look at the maps, and you'll see that there's um, uh, a strip of fire right along the coast. There, we needed urban units running around that town, picking up all of those little fires that were getting blown in on the wind all that ember attack we needed those poop those those fire trucks there early i mean we had a saying strike you know I've, I've i've been in all the fire services at various in various areas and we used to always have a, a thing that we used to say you know order early order big as soon as you know there's potential you need people there to deal with it and and to me when we have those two bosses where's that accountability you know it, it should, we should always go to one person who has ultimate, ultimate accountability for the way business is conducted. Mm. So to me, it, it was a terrible uh, mistake not to get those services on the ground uh, early. Mick, uh, just let's have a look at the post-fire situation. I found it, um, and I can't suggest a better way of having done this, but it, it seems strange that you lock the town up, nobody is allowed in, uh, the residents were obviously evacuated, they're in Bega and other places. Uh, they're taken in on buses to show whether their home has been burnt down. Was that the right way to do things? Uh, look, um, I'm probably not the expert at how to deal with that post uh, event uh, management. It, it is a very sensitive issue. A very sensitive uh, issue. But for me, it needs to be very carefully managed. And if I was in an incident management uh, role, I'd be ensuring I had the right personnel to assist with that. Certainly, um, that post-fire recovery will be a long and traumatic um, event uh, you know, for people to deal with. Um, to me, the, the answer to all of this is we need to put in place things that will stop or reduce the either the uh, severity or the amount of these catastrophic events mm. uh you know i mean we we get people claiming that oh you know this is climate change uh you know to have fires late in the season but i could give you three examples of fires that happened now one 53 years ago march 1965 chatsbury uh, bungonia fire 
it burnt uh, from north of Goulburn to the coast near Jervis Bay, 90 kilometres in one day. You know, this we've, if you've got the fuel, you can have the fires. And at the end of the day, we need to manage fuel. And those residents need to be need to be cranky that fuels aren't managed. And there's another, there's a whole range of of complications that have come into the mix that prevent that appropriate uh, risk management. And, and one thing that, that we've highlighted is the fact that about five years ago, the Commissioner, New South Wales Rural Fire Service Commissioner, um, uh, put an end to the Independent Audit and Investigations Unit. So bushfire management committees, the ones that put together these plans, they were conducting their own auditing after that point. Mm. Uh, to me, that's just not acceptable. I, I haven't heard uh, of any, any mention of how this uh, fire down at Tarthra started. Have you heard any stories on that? I, I've done a bit of digging around, and I haven't got anything um, uh, really solid. Uh, it looks to me like it did start, um, um, you know, in private property there, and I've had a good look at the maps, and mm. I'm, I'm eagerly waiting to see what the cause was. Now, no doubt there'll be an investigation, and we can only speculate this yeah. time. So it's probably a bit risky us uh, making yeah, too many uh, speculations. All right, Mick, thanks for joining us this morning. I really appreciate your time. And yeah, well, uh, it's a subject which is not uh, obviously going to go away in the in the short term. And uh, what uh, comes out of the coronial inquest into this will be uh, vital to the way we uh, do business in future. Yeah, unfortunately, we get these inquests and nothing changes. But, look, uh, I would first, I would just like to say I take my hat off to all those volunteers and in fact I even ended my uh, media release saying that the Volunteer Firefighters Association congratulates all firefighters from all services because mm. uh, their efforts on, a, on, on such a bad day it were tremendous um, it's the system that's letting those people down yep, very cool so, okay mate, we'll uh, talk again soon right. Thanks, Mick. Good on you. Thanks, Mick. Thanks, Mick. No Mick, Mick, of course, is the uh, president of the uh, VAFA, the Volunteer Firefighters Association. It, it, the, the investigation, I hope there is some outcomes out of it, Frenchie, because uh, the media in, in the last three or four days has just been horrible. And the amount of finger-pointing, it's, it's amazing how much a union decides to stand up when there's a bit of a blame game coming in saying, well, oh, here we go. It's interesting to watch what the outcomes will be. Mm. And I, I think... You know, there's good things about unions and there's bad things about unions. And I just hope the unions doing the right thing by all, all parties. All well, parties. If, if anybody, irrespective of where they come from, raises an issue that's going to prevent this sort of thing happening again, mm. got to be a good thing. Well, when you get weather like that, it's pretty hard to stop. So Yeah, yeah. definitely. Well, folks, that was a pretty good show.